So the morning puja, morning chanting, and it's uh, um, using the voice, the breath, and the body. So it's a very uh, full kind of ritual participation, which we all join together in. So a sense of uh, a group acting as a unity around this gives you a feeling of everybody coming together. Of course, one of the um, musical terms is called harmony, and harmony is also a a great uh, virtue for human beings. The difference between harmony and conformity is conformity is just an outward appearance, which uh, and harmony is something subtler and more difficult to arrive at, which is a sense of everybody's hearts and intentions uh, gathering together. Yeah. So, uh, and here we uh, just have that using uh, Buddha, the image of the Buddha, something we can uh, recognize as either symbolic or even as a historical person who one can feel a sense of... Uh, reverence or gratitude or appreciation for respect for uh, and using also the image the image awakening a human being awakening through their own efforts and through the um, human potential yeah. so it's a potential that we all have yeah. potential for awakening for um, and the various qualities that are listed here or referred to. Vijayacharana um, Sampano, to be clear, accomplished in understanding and in conduct. Sugato, to be someone who has uh, a sense of uh, fortunate accomplishment, a sense of uh, feeling some sense of satisfaction and uh, having gone in a way of goodness with the results of that to whatever degree we have accomplished that or aspire to that. Look, how we do the quality of knowing the world, um, seeing it, understanding it, uh, what the world is, and it's obviously not just a geographical term, but the world in the Buddhist sense is a um, multi-dimensional experience of reality um, including our past, our future, our karma uh, uh, what we see, what we hear but primarily what affects us what we're affected by, what we're moved by glad and saddened, inspired, dis- desperate about and the knowing of the world uh, and so on, you begin to get perspective on that uh, and uh, it's that and rather than just spinning around on the world or creating another one you awaken to it and through that awakening the passion and the aversion the struggle with it goes and it begins to deconstruct it's actually uh, the uh, um, practice of the meditation practice of the meditator is to no longer be averse to the world 
or taking it personally, which of course we do, very much so, our world, or uh, in even trying to make it right or perfect, just finding a way in which we can uh, uh, know it for what it is. This is karma, old karma, uh, habitual tendencies, uh, cultural uh, programs, um, personal modeling, personal molding, family conditioning, and so on. Yeah. And it's this. How could it be any other way, really? Yeah. Some of it's not. Some of it's quite unpleasant. Some of it's quite happy. Some of it's skillful. How could it's like this? And that sense of increasing uh, dispassion and uh, uh, compassion as that manifests. One who knows feels it, senses it, is awakened to it. Vijaya is clear about it. Uh, the meaning of the word is not a, an intellectual analysis, but a clarity with regard to that. Uh, this is all conditioned, all causes and conditions that have come into being. Uh, and you can know it, and it changes from moment to moment, really. So in the morning it might be a rather dull or not very bright world or a world in which you've experienced yourself complaining you know, searching to uh, find something agreeable to hold on to, rather unformed um, looking for, you know and that you know, textures of your reality shift and change and the moods go with them mm. And learning to be a, a teacher, uh, someone who trains themselves. So, this uh, um, puja is both an act of recollection where we bring to mind any of these qualities the qualities of the Dhamma, the Sangha, and there's a whole list of these that you can recollect and we may touch into. Getting the sense of uh, setting oneself up for the day. Perspective. Not just to be in one's mind, but in relationship with it. This relational sense means we have another kind of uh, uh, perspective, another, another center, another energy, if you like than just our world energy, which is our, here I am doing my thing. You know, I, every day I get up, I do this, this is me, the familiar me. Um, looking, you know, doing the things that I normally do, adjust myself to, um, find comfort in, or find perspective in. And just say, well, before we get into our habitual personal world, let's just set up another context, which is, Body, presence, being here with what goes on, that's obvious, it's also elusive because we mind tends to pull into the world. The world, our world has a gravitational pull to it and we go into it. Um, therefore you set up a different energy and this energy is puja, 
one way of describing it. It's, it's, chanting requires an energy, physical energy. You have to lengthen your body, pull, pull your back in, uh, draw your shoulders back, lengthen your abdomen, get a strong, deep breath, open the throat. And use the breath to push, gently squeeze air across the vocal cords and lengthen uh, so it's not the speaking. Uh, but it's, it's lengthening the voice into sound rather than meaning. Rather than getting the end of the sentence or communicating information, using the breath and the voice to generate sound. Uh, and uh, sound is a particular property, human voice, is that as we generate human voice sound, other human voices start to tune in we, automatically. If you listen, you, know, you so you listen, then your voice begins to meet the other voices, and you get a quality of harmony, which is isn't through somebody organising it. It self-organizes. Uh, and there can be a, uh, so if we open up to that, you open up your ear, your listening faculty, your body faculty, your voice faculty, and your heart faculty. Notice, listening, oh, we're coming together. These people I don't know, we're, we're, meet, we're meeting in a unified sound. This is harmony. And perhaps... We might also reconnect, recollect we're meeting in a unified intention. To wake up, to be clear, to focus, to get established, to clear the hindrances from our minds. And so you recollect something like this. But you bring up that, that energy and the action. So it's not just the theory, it's a felt experience. Yeah. And in that felt experience... My personal world sort of goes into the background. For right now, my voice is part of the community of practitioners. My voice is part of the community of those who aspire and those who practice. My voice is part of Sangha. So in this way we become Sangha. That's uh, an honour. Using these uh, Pali language, Pali is uh, um, close, perhaps close to what the language of the Buddha used, though generally understood it's not exactly the the Buddha's language. Pali literally means text. Um, so the proper phrase is Bahasa Pali, which means the language of the texts. So it was a language that was created uh, out of the various dialects that were around in that area of India. They amalgamated them all into a, kind of a, a language for purely for Buddhist scriptures. And Buddha probably spoke a language called Magadhi, which is similar to it. It's as if you took, you know, like um, um, British English and Jamaican English and Singapore English and you sort of 
melted them together so the various sub-dialects could read into something more unified. So it's quite close. Uh, and So just considering this, and this is something that the people have used specifically and only for the Buddhist teaching. It was never a spoken language. It's never only been used for the Buddhist teaching. So there's no there's no curse words in Pali. <laughs> you know, it's all quite pure, the, the concepts. <laughs> and the sounding, uh, if you notice the sound, the effect of the particular sounds of Pali, the sound, the vowel sounds are all very pure. They open the throat. They're very pure sounds. They're not diphthongs like English is. So there's a purity to the sound. You can feel the sound when you vocalize it has a particular energy because it comes through the body, doesn't it? So when the body is experiencing sound as vibration, right, which it does, it comes into the chest, the throat, and up into the head, particularly behind the nose and the forehead, in these resonances. So there's a certain shifting of energy into a resonant pattern that, that permeates the body uh, um, and in some practices people do a lot of chanting because it has a purifying effect on the body energy, it brightens it uh, it's, uh, it resonates, it opens it um, so we can also just cultivate making sound steady and, and clear and feeling the bodily effects of that and you notice in this way referring to the body much more as a, an energetic system something that experiences resonances tones uh, and at that level that level of bodily experience has an emotional and uh, effect it's, it's brightening it's calming it's, lift, it's uplifting Notice, so when you're doing chanting, try to keep your, your uh, voice steady and also um, use your breath so you chant from the beginning of the breath until your breath comes towards the end. Not completely the end, but towards the end. As long as your throat can remain open and you get the, the fullness of the air, then the chant will have a good effect. So don't struggle to get to the end of the line, for example. Don't make yourself breathless. Because we are chanting together, it means we don't, the voices overlap. So if you don't get to the end of the line, someone else will. And so this is where we share the responsibility of carrying the sound onwards. If somebody forgets a line or forget, it doesn't matter, because ten of us will remember it. So you just keep going. And then that, that responsibility to carry the sound uh, along is again part of our community experience we're all sharing it you have technically a leader who just sets the tone but really you're following the sound and the harmony and the act of, uh, of sharing and devotion mm-hmm. so it definitely has an effect uh, so you have the cognitive effect, things we can think about bear in mind they're simple contemplative themes what is um, vijacharana sampano as an experience 
feeling, uh, being clear about one's uh, uh, conduct um, and having clarity. And we see conduct of body, speech and heart. So one trains one's heart, con- heart the conduct of heart is to do with in- intention, mm, attitude, approach, is steady, clear, uh, kindly, mindful intention be to accomplish that through one's day. And uh, you know, this means when you're walking, eating, uh, moving around, you know, a sense of really being there in one's actions and not rushing to the next one or comparing it with other people's actions. But holding the energy of action um, both it's not just physical but the action of the heart which can be to leap forward or dither just kind of go into spasms of should I do this, should I do that would it be this, would it be that what about this, maybe this it could be just pause <laughs> breathe, come into your body relax, what's important what's beautiful what's clear, what's mindful, what's steadying in terms of your bodily action, your attitudes, how you spend your time. So this is really um, throughout the day. Uh, Group practice, solitary practice, times for rest, eating, all of it, just contemplating and being with the actions of the heart, the intentions and impulses of the heart. So you can take a theme like that, just that one word, open it up and take it in and, hmm, yeah, this is something I can at least, you know, rise up to, make an effort with. So is our action of heart, is it comfortable, steadying? This is meditation. You know, that is, we simplify, come into the present, reduce the options, you know, reduce, stop the comparisons, check the comparisons, the criticisms, relax the goal orientation to get somewhere or make something or get to the end of this or get on to the next thing let go of the past the tribunals the analysis of what one was or wasn't and a steady simplify intention to your meditation theme walking breathing recollecting steadily simplify make it more comfortable comfortable something you can feel refuge in pleased by Uh, respectful 
self-respect with. And then you build up that, and this means your world changes. This is the way you change your world. Your world of personal experience becomes something more uh, comfortable and agreeable. And naturally that's for your own benefit and the benefit of others.